0: Action fans, and thanks for joining us for another edition of all 90s action all the time as we sadly near the end of our Seagal journey. I'm one of your hosts Scott Murphy and today we will be looking at 1997's Fire Down Below. As always I'm not alone talking about this film no alongside me is screenwriter, podcaster, and environmental zen warrior, Mr. Kyle Hints. Good to be here. And also we've got fellow screenwriter, podcaster, and a man who is not at all sad that the Seagal journey has nearly ended, <laughs> Mr. Craig Jaheim. Thanks for having me. <laughs> one more time with enthusiasm, Craig. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Scott. Oh, that's, that's more like it. That's the attitude we want. So as always, before we dive into this one... Uh, we, I had some background details for you. So, Fire Down Below was directed by Felix Enriquez Alcala uh, who, this was his feature directorial debut, although he had done a lot of television before this and he would do a lot of television after it, he's really not done many other feature films, although He can't be a bad director because he does seem to be in in demand and he has worked on numerous shows including Dollhouse, Battlestar Galactica, The Good Wife, Criminal Minds, ER, whole load of shit. And the film was written by Jeb Stuart whose notable credits include Wait For It, Die Hard and The Fugitive. Uh, So some quality credits there. And it was also written by Philip Morton, who doesn't have quality credits. I, I like, I <laughs> not, like, literally everything else he's written, I've I've not heard of. Um, he, he wrote a horror movie called The Unwilling. He's wrote something called Real Gangsters, which uh, starred our old pal uh, Nick Mancuso, uh, you know, who you will know as CIA agent uh, Tom Breaker. Uh, but, yeah, and uh, apparently... It was originally written by Jeb Stewart as a kind of drama with kind of detective elements as a Bruce Willis project. But, um, and then it was rewritten by uh, Philip Morton uh, when Seagal came onto the film. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the original kind of script would have looked like. I don't know how how much to blame Mr. Uh, Jeb Stewart. Anyway, in terms of reviews for the film, uh, it's it's not great. Uh, So it currently holds a 5.1 on IMDb, uh, 40 on Metacritic based on 13 reviews, uh, 11% on Rotten Tomatoes uh, based on 27 reviews and a 2.2 on Letterboxd. And as well as the negative reviews, it didn't do so great at the box office, making only $24.5 million off a $42 million budget. And not only that, it was also nominated for four Razzies uh, for Worst Picture, Worst Actor, Worst Screen Couple, Not the coupledom between Seagal and his co-star uh, Martin Helgenberg but um, it, like, it's, it says the nomination was to Seagal and his guitar um, so that, that was <laughs> I thought that was quite funny and it was also nominated for worst original song like can you guess what it lost to in worst picture and uh,
1: worst actor um... 97
0: we've talked about this film before on the podcast it randomly came huh. up in the previous episode oh yeah I can't remember I don't know it was of course the postman it lost uh, to oh. the postman and in worst actor he lost to Kevin Costner in the postman and uh, yes as we discussed in the previous episode about Brian hegelin's uh, eventful 1997 where he won best screenplay at the oscars for la confidential and also won worst screenplay for the postman uh, at the razzies so so there you go
1: i have to say over time i think the postman is probably better I think the uh, I, I've the, not rewatched yeah. <laughs> the Postman, so I cannot confirm nor
0: deny that.
2: I haven't rewatched the Postman either, and I can confirm that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like I, you know, like we will talk about this film as always. We'll break down the plot of this film, but just yeah, just on the side note on the Postman, like I much like uh, next week's film, uh, the the Patriot. All I remember about the Postman is it being real boring. Like not much happening for a kind of dystopian movie. It, it's just like not, not a whole lot there. That's that's why I remember. Like I honestly don't really remember much about the Postman, but I remember being quite bored. Yeah, I
1: agree. That's, I mean, that's what I remember. <laughs> but it was when Costner Costner was going through his attempting to make like a Mad Max kind. Yeah, of, no, that, that's same that's with Waterworld.
0: <laughs> but like but Waterworld's yeah. entertaining, yeah. like. For all the flaws that Waterworld has, it's an entertaining movie. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we're not here to talk about Kevin Co- We might talk about <laughs> Kevin Costner uh, in another season. And we can talk about Waterworld. And we can talk about The Postman at that time. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Fire Down Below. So, Craig, do you want to kick us off? Tell us how Fire Down yes. Below
1: begins. So it begins with Seagal in a Plane just one of those like two seaters and he's flying over beautiful landscape which is a common trait that I've seen at least and it is as as he's flying he's getting flashbacks that kind of given to what his assignment is and why he's going to this Appalachia town where his buddy who you kind of see was his good friend and I guess, through just the same scene repeated about three times, the same flashback. Also,
0: there there is yeah. a flashback that he literally says oh, I appreciate your friendship.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so and, and then it turns out Possibly his, a little on the nose, but you know. <laughs> yeah. That his best friend was died by some circumstances and all of these and a couple agents have been killed too and he's being assigned to go Check it out, and they already know the cause, but they just need Seagull to confirm it. Is that its that has got to get aware, yeah, yeah, they going to get firm evidence so they can uh, prosecute. Yeah, there's a, a wealthy man who, which we'll get into, who is dumping basically toxic chemicals into the mines, and it's going to soon get into the water or it has it already. But he's in there to go undercover, work with the pre or the preacher. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it uh, feels uh, that opening feels like oddly enough, even though it's giving us the information without having an actual scene, which it basically is an actual scene in itself, anyways. But it feels like a sequel element. Like where it, it's giving us these characters that treats it like we should already know who they are. These little side characters of like, oh yeah, that's agent blah 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 who is who is his boss and his supervisor and telling him to do this he was in the last one but there wasn't a last one. Oh
0: yeah so it turns out this is another common theme with uh, uh warner brothers output because there was some kind of executive recutting re-editing of other movies that he's done uh that, like we talked about it last time in, in the glimmer man There was there's some scenes taken out of that, some action set pieces and stuff like that. Um, Hard to kill and out for justice were were the same. They both had like longer run times, and there was kind of backstories and characters who were given more stories, uh, more background. Uh, in those films as well that was that was cut out because they wanted a skippier runtime and, and to make it feel more like a Seagal flick. And apparently that's kind of what happened here as well. This was the kind of flashbacks that you see would have been like the opening kind of like 15 minutes of the movie or w- whatever, where we established the relationship between Seagal's character, Jack Taggart, and his partner, Frank. The bit where he says like oh I appreciate your friendship that's like at the end of a mission and that's was supposed to be there was supposed to be an action sequence there and so but then yeah in the final cut of the film they decided to completely re-edit the opening sequence of the film and that's that's what we've got and they've condensed it down to just like a couple of minutes while he's on this plane ride looking down at the lovely Appalachian landscape as he gets these black and white uh, flashbacks so that was an executive decision from warner brothers
1: and you can feel it in the story it just doesn't yeah it doesn't make sense fully i mean it's enough information to get by but it just feels off
0: yeah apparently there was a few cuts like that apparently there's i mean i'll talk about one of them later apparently there was a, a car chase sequence that was cut out of a the movie there's a car chase at night or something and there was a few other things although entertainingly there is some deleted scenes and alternate cuts of things that are still in the trailer the like you know well the, I, I know that quite often happens you know that, that like things will things will get re-edited and um but they're, they're they're like oh why is that in the trailer <laughs> it actually happened with hard to kill as well because there's like a kind of funeral scene at the and hard to kill in the trailer that was in the original cut of the movie that's that's not in the not in the final cut of the film as well um, but uh yes where where do we go from where do we go from here kyle
2: well we arrive in uh whatever the name of the town is. I don't know if it was named. (laughs) I I think it's Jackson. Is it Jackson? Okay, yeah, it's Jackson. And Seagal meets the local preacher played by Levon Helm of the band, which I didn't really recognize him until I saw that was him in the credits. (laughs) And they strike up some kind of deal that uh, he tells them, you know, these people don't like to talk. They have to, you have to take it easy. So Seagal is going to go around just pretending to be a handyman who fixes their porches out of the goodness of his heart yeah he's for a carpenter just something. like yeah.
0: jesus he's a jesus figure in the <laughs> exactly. film. exactly <laughs> he's an undercover carpenter i mean <laughs> like, i i do like i i know like um i'm gonna do a craig here and, and like and try and bear logic <laughs> onto the film uh, but yeah. like um it i did it, you know I, I've watched this film a few times uh, over the years and every time I watch it I'm like, like do the EPA really have undercover agents? Are there like EPA agents who go undercover
2: who are armed? Like I'm not sure that's I don't think they do that That's yeah. kind of what I was thinking. Well on top of that yeah. it's like no one knows who you are so you don't have to be undercover you just don't yeah. tell people who you are
1: <laughs> like <laughs> That's a fair point. First of all, I want to <laughs> say, going back to that, oh, here that we go. <laughs> I, like, I like how that's become the trope for me. It's like, oh, no craig's the logic guy for these movie. craig movies. sat down and he done thought about the plot oh no
0: man no i mean like thinking about the plot like i was thinking about this earlier today thinking about the plot logic of a seagal film is like thinking about the geography of the marvel universe which yeah. does, like it doesn't make any sense If you start like it doesn't make any sense that any marvel superhero has a solo adventure when you think about the geography of the marvel universe how so many of those characters live in new york and how you (laughs) know like 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 spider-man lives in manhattan iron man lives in manhattan fantastic four live in manhattan like x-men are upstate new york like luke cage daredevil Jessica Jones, and Iron Fist all live within, like, like because I remember, like, some guy, like, did, like, a, a Marvel map of, like, where they're kind of, they are, they live. Like, those four characters, the Defenders live within, like, three blocks of each other of Hell's Kitchen. How dangerous is <laughs> Hell's Kitchen? Like, you know, like, it, that's what it's like, that is what it's the equivalent of, I think.
1: Yeah. <laughs> this is true. I could agree with that.
0: Anyway. Um... <laughs> <laughs> we we should probably uh, move on with it, move on with the film and it's a completely accurate portrayal
1: of country folk yeah. mm. which and we so... do get a uh, Segal. i don't know because he tries very early on and it pops up occasionally and then even mid line he'll get rid of it he tries his southern accent it's a, it's, a couple of times yeah
2: it wants well, i was gonna say it's another one of our tropes which is seagal kind of like assimilating to some other subculture
0: yes yeah like he does like this kind of accent osmosis thing where like he yeah he starts kind of vaguely imitating whoever he's kind of across from so (laughs) yeah it's 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 a it's a weird thing it's like he even like because kyle's seen this as well he even does it in like the reality tv show he does like the the steven seagal lawman where he he does this like dodgy
2: cajun thing and it's like dude uh... (laughs) it's the best part of that show i mean he does it with all ethnicities too so you'll just know. know like talking to uh yeah it's, you have to watch it <laughs> i mean
1: he's a chameleon of an actor that's why he just goes with anybody who <laughs> he
2: can't help it yeah yeah,
1: yeah. boy but... but so, so <laughs> what i was gonna say is that so the preacher is assigning him having him go help people that he says he thinks will talk or that mm-hmm. will be most likely to talk yeah, But then it caught, It comes up later that that was a, a lie to save Seagal, but I guess, I don't know, but it, it's kind of just thrown out there really quickly. But um, yeah, that's, so all of these characters that Seagal is asking to fix their roofs or their porches or whatever they may be are supposed to be the ones that are willing to be witnesses yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. but
2: this is also you know it's established as a mining a mining town or whatever so they they're the main economic power so everyone is intimidated and scared and whatever so
0: yeah yeah and yeah we should we should point out that these kind of hillbilly kind of folk are like outrageously cartoonish like the first family we see he goes in, Sigil, uh, his character, goes in to visit this family. He starts talking to the, the son of the family who's, like, ill. And then, like, the mum comes in, this emaciated woman. And then the father comes in and he's just, like covered in soot um, from just back from the mine it's just like
2: i was gonna say part of the opening was like that montage of photos of like old oh yeah oh yeah that's, right.
1: that's it, right it's like
2: they use that as a basis for like the costume design and stuff
0: oh yeah because i mean like in that like because they're dressed in like modern clothes like later on when you see them they look mm. kind of You know, when we see them at the kind of church picnic and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, like this is like they're dressed as if they are from like depression era, you know, like 1931
1: kind of like in the shack. That's because Seagal came and brought modern life to them. Yes.
0: (laughs) Oh, dear. Yeah. We still
1: got a lot of movie to talk about. So we should probably move on. Um, to kind of cover all of i guess in one big blurb but yeah they reference deliverance of course they oh yeah there's like yeah the character element of the hillbillies is you know very evident and it's said straightforward so
0: yeah <laughs> right, we, yeah we we do get like um we do get a a, a short scene uh, directly after that scene, where he's in the family, where we first see um, Harry Dean Stanton, and as we've been, as I have personally been keeping account of Twin Peaks connections uh, to to Steven Seagal films in the last few episodes, uh, Harry Dean Stanton, not in the original Twin Peaks but he was in Twin Peaks Firewalk with me and he was in season three, Twin Peaks The Return. Um, So more Twin Peaks connections. I think maybe I'm the only person interested in this. If any listeners are interested in me (laughs) trying to make connections between the Steven Seagal universe and the Twin Peaks universe, please please do write in. But like, it might be just me being amused by this.
1: And they are the same level of coherency in terms of their... (laughs) Maybe that's why... <laughs> you 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 think it's deliberate in some way that's, that's amazing well harry Dean Stanton even brings up fried taters wait for you know there's a sling blade reference for, yeah you know and he's, anybody that knows the movie
2: <laughs> and he's basically doing kind of sling blade light but it's yeah. harry dean Stanton, so it's he's still good he comes out clean
0: yeah yeah. yeah for for sure for sure I like uh you know Harry Dean Stanton is like I you know he's just a good actor he's he's just yeah he, <laughs> he just does his stuff he does his thing and um you know like yeah he comes out of this unscathed I, I don't think anybody's like too badly scathed in this movie to be fair true yeah. like any of the kind of yeah. known names I, I don't think anybody's like oh man they really harnessed their reputation in this one. I mean, like by being in it, maybe, but like you know, like uh, but their performances. I and mean, then nobody disgr- disgraces themselves. I don't think really um, in, in the kind of no. name kind of actors. Um, but yeah, in the Harry Dean stand where we first see his character introduction, we get like um, that typical suave seagull as he sleazy on the locals. Um, the t- two the <laughs> twins here, you know, who uh, staff the lumberyard who are played by the, the daughters of L- Loretta Lynn, uh, Peggy and Patsy oh. Lynn. Yeah, yeah. Oh. There's loads of I, country music star cameos that. in this movie. It's ridiculous. I don't know a great deal about country music, but um, I've looked into all the kind of country music stars who are in this film, and it's, it's a lot.
1: Yeah, I knew there was a ton. I actually, as I was watching it last night, I went, I don't know, Google diving <laughs> and found myself then being like i wonder if there was experimental country is that a thing and there so yeah it is yeah an hour later i'm the enter movie.
2: <laughs> enter crust punks who follow the yeah. third around yeah so i don't even really know who he is but yeah but Far, that's yeah, off topic yeah that's, that, that <laughs> is
0: that is off topic you know like um yeah we've got a we got a lot of Typical Seagal weirdness to get through. We can't be yeah. sitting debating yeah. the <laughs> Hank Three, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: But it does Dude, really like, bring up. I do. Uh,
0: I do want to. I do want to say though, like his music is actually quite good. So if you want to check uh, some Hank Three out,
1: you know, like uh, do listener. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah. But anyway, Craig,
1: <laughs> on with the movie. Oh yes. So I was going to say in these scenes, what I've noticed is that as kind of the budget has dropped. And even some of the quality elements, I feel like Seagal is at least it again, as in the glimmer man or whatever, it doesn't work, but it feels like he's attempting to do more acting. There's a lot of points in this one where he's trying to be like chit chatty and jokey, not actual make the making of jokes, but like. being being social with you know acting like a human being would interact with other people i guess is what i'm saying he's attempting to do i will i will see
0: actually this is i don't often say this but in seagal's defense as we'll get to it this is the one and only time i've seen in a seagal movie that he has something resembling a semi-believable romance
2: yeah yeah it helps that she's like accused of a crime as a child like or as a teenager and (laughs) she has some things going against her
0: that (laughs) is nobody
2: in
1: town will talk to her
0: yeah that's a fair point so like Yes, you mentioned Craig that there's a deliverance gag and that deliverance gag comes like in the next scene where Sigal is doing this thing trying to collect evidence and then there's like a kid peeing on the kind of waterfall that he's collecting evidence from and then he's like hey you kid and then chases is after him for
2: like for no reason
0: for no reason
1: yeah.
0: and then there's like a, a random scene where he comes across a bunch of hillbilly marijuana farmers which again this just feels like it's really shoehorned in just for a, an action beat because these characters do not come up again and no nope. the, the, there's there's literally no point to this scene but we do get some kind of lame deliverance gags and so yeah there we go
1: and he yeah, gives which... the kid the gun at the end he just gives a little kid a gun and tells him to point at it at <laughs> Yeah, after he later. took
2: the bullets out as if those guys aren't gonna like beat that kid
1: yeah yeah
0: like um I apparently you know because seagal has like magic converting powers like where he can turn evil guys into good guys so, like, <laughs> once seagal has given them a beating like uh, they've, they've probably changed their life around by now also in terms of like favorite seagal tropes uh we get like an excellent uh use of uh, adr where you hear the guy going like oh my jaw it broke my jaw oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's a lot of i realized in this one too a lot of face smashing or yeah some guy gets his teeth broken out and yeah that's like, yeah he smashes right a lot of people's of faces into yeah, he does into,
0: right near thanks. the end of this film yeah that that happens but uh this is um after beating up those guys in a completely pointless scene we, we have some good old southern hospitality as we we have our first encounter with sarah played by marge helgenberger csi
1: in case or species <laughs> depending yes. on yes also <laughs> like
0: props you know like this movie does get uh, a bonus point for having a relationship that is age-appropriate Uh, Marta (laughs) Luenberger, only six years younger than Seagal, which is not often the case in,
1: in action movies or Seagal films. So well done, movie. And nobody wants to talk to her. And she even acknowledges it because of something that happened with her father that we don't know yet, but kind of comes up, kind of doesn't. But yeah, and then the preacher, even and other townspeople, even though they said nobody in town will talk to her, there's a lot of people that actually are willing that are friendly and talk to her so that's what i'm not <laughs> sure about but yeah but seagal he doesn't care because he's above all that town gossip yeah he
0: can see deep down she's a good person because seagal has those magic investigative sherlock powers <laughs> that, like he just knows
2: stuff as. and he offers to fix her porch which should be subtext but it's yeah. not it's because <laughs> he offers to fix
0: everybody's yes. porch like yeah. <laughs> but, but he's
2: gonna fix her porch real nice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> For sure. Um but like yeah, but then he I mean he offers he offers Harry Dean Stanton the same way, you know. So like Yeah. There's I mean, even a
1: thing with Harry Dean Stanton that jokes well. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll like later later, but yeah, later, but yeah. later, later.
0: Yeah. Um he I'll has like a that. just after this, he has a weird conversation with Harry Dean Stanton where he's driving around in a truck and these offers harry dean satin a lift in his truck and, and then like he he says something about like uh, he harry dean Stanton doesn't want to get in his truck and uh, he says something and then seagal kind of philosophically is like ah oh, yes it's like a zen riddle and,
1: oh yeah. know, he's, because
2: he's because he wants to. he move. says that
1: yeah he says he doesn't want to get in the truck because he might get he might l- like being in a truck and have to buy one of his own yeah. And he wants to move, but so he doesn't want to get his house fixed, but he needs his house fixed. Yeah, As that's I right. Said. That's right. Which is like a zen riddle. Yeah. Is it? I mean, <laughs> Seagal not. says so,
0: so it must be the yeah, truth, why not? I
1: guess. <laughs> I should have looked up Zen Riddles. Like, yeah. But yeah. We are I mean,
0: he, we hear uh, all 90s action all the time. We don't know shit about Zen Riddles, so like we <laughs> Matt, who knows? Maybe it is like a Zen Riddle.
1: Anyway. Um leave a review, let us know. <laughs> leave, leave a
0: review. Tell us, tell us more about Zen Riddles. Yeah,
1: do that. Uh, leave leave a
2: review in the form of a Zen Riddle. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the best. Please
0: do that, <laughs> listener. If if there is somebody out there listening who is very knowledgeable about Zen riddles, then and please do that. But uh, yeah, we keep kind of going off track in this one. Uh, so <laughs> Kyle,
2: you want to tell us more about the film? What's happening in the film? Um, w- we meet the thugs, right?
0: Like, yes, uh, H- Hatch and Sims, I think, is their names. The-, the two main thugs that we kind of follow around.
2: Is this the point where they put a snake in? They, yes this room? is
0: yes yeah yeah that's right okay
2: and the, do we even see seagal capture the snakes and... yeah he gets
0: yes, okay. we, we we see the two snakes him. or
1: whatever
0: yeah so he wakes up like seagal obviously sleeps with a gun under his pillow Uh so he wakes up he takes his gun out and the the thugs are driving away and then he discovers the snakes and then we see him pick the snakes up and um unlike uh john claude van damme doesn't punch the snake uh, he he just <laughs> um he uh, just places them outside uh the window and that's
1: that's that's up because well, he's an epa agent he doesn't yeah. believe. but
2: then we pick up with um those thugs driving their truck right on the, the, the floorboard
0: yes that's that's right and the what's magic about that is like um this is one of many uh I think four songs that are co-written by Segal in the movie. Uh, but it like it's like super on the nose pop yes. explainers and the songs called Snake in the Grass. And it, like it the song kicks in slightly before the the guys go back into the truck and they discover the snakes in the car. And like you kinda you know that's gonna happen because like there is uh, a type of snake like mentioned in the song you're like oh that's like a type of snake and then you're like oh i see what's going on here the snakes are going to be in the truck oh that's yep. <laughs> exactly what's going on here and the snake in the grass yeah like <laughs> and then they crash the crash their truck yeah there is another moment as well where it, where where that happens and uh, where it's like you kind know, of, uh this is going to exactly mirror this song is going to exactly mirror what's going in the plot in a really on the nose way um it's very fun
1: and the sheriff he doesn't like seagal at all and so he isn't that one and one of the many scenes where he comes and he basically wants to arrest that is one of the many scenes even though there's no evidence of seagal putting a snake he just doesn't yeah he just just doesn't
0: like the cut of his jib he doesn't like the look of him um, that is also one of the many country music stars. Uh, the sheriff is called Lloyd and it's played by uh, a guy called Ed Bruce who was a country music star. there you go. but anyway tell us more Craig tell us more of what what's happening now
1: what? Um, so after he meets the sheriff and all of them is that when we is that when he actually talks to Harry Dean Danton? Well get, we get we, we get
0: our first introduction of Oren senior okay played by Chris Kristofferson who is the, the kind of... He's sort of the main villain of the film. He, like, he kind of orders things to happen, but he doesn't, like, kind of yeah. intervene yeah. directly. Yeah, and, most uh, of it
1: he spends... He's not in that town. He's just kind of... He's dictating to his son, Orin Jr., who's, I guess, the the point man in the town.
0: Yes. And we, yeah. we kind of established that he's, like, a kind of sleazy rich asshole because... He is sleazy to his secretary, maybe. And then, and also like when his receptionist tells him there's somebody on the phone, he says, tell them I'm busy. And then when it says it's his son, he says, tell him I'm out the country. So obviously not a good dad
2: either. Well, to yeah. be fair, his son is kind of a douchebag.
0: <laughs> I mean, he is. He is. But um, his dad. to be fair you know you probably grow up to be a douchebag if you've been constantly belittled (laughs) (laughs) all your life and then uh, we get more of this we get more of this classic romance uh, after that
1: yeah because this is when we get into the store because there's so much Mm. of this to me that there's like all these little scenes that yeah cut back and forth of this, the romance that I think get all jumbled but mm-hmm. where he sees her so she sells honey that he comes when he's asking her beforehand if she wants her porch fixed, and she's going to the store to get groceries and the guy says we only sold a couple jars of your honey you can put that towards your groceries and she has to put basically away most of the stuff she grabbed to feed herself she puts to the side which Seagal decides to then buy all of the groceries after she leaves, buy all the groceries that she didn't buy. And then all of her jars of honey because the shopkeeper who, again, in this town where nobody is supposed to be talking to her, he feels for her and it makes him happy that Seagal is just being so nice and doing this just for her, at least, you know, in some way or another.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But then he's immediately after that kind of heartwarming moment where he's like, "Oh, this is this is so heartwarming." Then he just becomes confused. He's like, "Oh, what's a guy like you gonna do with all that honey?" And I really wanted there to be yeah. an answer. Yes, I, I, <laughs> <so> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, come up
2: with an explanation, <laughs> or no, to just agree. like slather a, a henchman and <laughs> <in> honey or <laughs> <Yeah>. something stupid, <laughs> and then release bees on him.
1: Yeah, because um, yeah, I mean, the honey yeah. never it pops you see the jars of honey in his truck in the next scene but besides that it's like not even a thing so what happened to the honey (laughs) is the biggest question yeah
0: yeah oh this is this 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 next scene is where the next like plot explainer song comes up because it's like he's talking to like sarah and he's saying like oh isn't it funny like the you know the the Earth burning over there like the Mm. coal mines burning and like you know you can see the the uh, smoke coming coming up from the land and that and then like they're driving in the car and it's like this song is like called like some like fire in the hole or something or like you know and (laughs) it's just (laughs) Uh, yeah uh, again just another another great great moment where um Seagal writes a really on the nose song
1: they should have at least even took reference or they should have noticed it like in oh, what was that one the basketball whatever where there's that song playing oh yeah yeah and yeah. he recognizes that it's just like you know verbatim what's happening to him yes <laughs> <laughs> baseball um, was also i think 97 so there we go i think so i think you may be right there yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, so I, I again like you know I mean, we have established to you, Craig, that like Sigal S- doesn't have any faculty yeah. for irony, so like that's not that's not what's going on here at all. Uh, so. <laughs> but um, yeah. After after that, like we, we can kind of there's more kind of kind of hammy Hallmark romance kind of kind of going on. He drops her off, you know. Like we can kind of skip over. Uh, but like uh, yeah. Ne- next next is like. One of my uh, one of my favorite bits in the movie it's the the fight down at the lumber yard where um, we get Hatch and Sims, like kind of menacing, uh, Segal again.
2: And what happens to them, Kyle? They get beat up, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's well, I, I had to notice that like Segal was buying very small weird little pieces of lumber to like the fix the porch. Yeah. yeah, that's my logic yeah. thing. <laughs> um but then he beats Hatch and Sims and then just like the random seven lumber yard guys who are just like spoiling for a fight at all times <laughs> with uh with like a big like wooden stick um and then we get and i mean you can jump in here with your particular favorite mm-hmm. moments but then we get the sheriff again who's like gonna take him in for assault and then uh, um the preacher is there so he witnesses oh it was in self-defense and none of those guys want to press charges
0: yeah i think like i think it like for one i think it's just like uh a kind of fun kind of martial art type moment i think his stick works quite good um also like the what becomes a running joke like I think it's sims um he smashes in the nose and sims is is played by Mm -hmm. a country music singer called Alex Harvey um who is not to be confused with Alex Harvey of the sensational Alex Harvey band and is confused on imdb with Alex Harvey of the sensational Alex Harvey band (laughs) because that is the picture (laughs) on imdb next to this credit um so like um uh, you know like maybe somebody should start out like uh, the, uh, yeah the estate of alex harvey should uh, maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> re- rectify that because i was confused because i was like alex like that alex like sensational and it's like no there was a country music singer totally different guy uh so like anyway uh, he gets smashed in the nose. I think that's quite fun. Also, there's another great moment of ADR in this scene where one of the guys he like he he, he beats um, like one of the guys he beats up with a stick is like lying on the ground, and then you hear a disembodied voice just say, "I've never been hit so hard in my life." <laughs> <laughs> he's you know like uh, Seagal's such a badass and um, like also like my other favorite moment is when he chips the stick and he's like oh you've kind of Fucked up my lumber. Oh, I'm just going to use my hands. He's just it he punches again and stuff. Um, so yeah, for those reasons, I think it's a fun fight. Like, like, obviously, I'm I'm sailing on 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 a boat on my own here. Um So so we'll move, we'll move, on. <laughs> we'll move on. I had
1: more fun with that than anybody else. <laughs> no, I mean I think it worked. It yeah, it's definitely that's what this one. Where the other ones, I think at least from what I've seen, are more. I don't know, even with man mm-hmm. it's like there's the progression and the fights throughout this one. It feels very much like uh like you were even talking about a hallmark romance for five minutes fight, a little bit of information back to some romance stuff, fight. It's like it it kind of goes in this repeti- this yeah, repetition.
0: Yeah, for sure. Cause yeah, like directly after the Lumber like um we have a little conversation with the Reverend and then we go yeah, we
1: go back to To kind of romance and like, uh, that's when he gets has dinner with her, and then we meet um her brother, right? Kind. Yes. Yeah. Earl. 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 Yeah. Played by Stephen Lang. Yeah. Great, Stephen Lang. Yeah. 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 Like um,
0: yeah, and um, it's uh, he's like like obviously. I mean, we're we're going to. we're going to spoil. We're going to spoil things here, but Stephen Lang is a villain in this film, and uh, but he like, but it's really signposted that he's a villain like really early on because like everything
1: he says is so weird and passive aggressive. Yeah, mm. but there are moments that seem like they're setting up again for spoil purposes, but it seems like they're setting up that he's going to become, but like he's going to have an arc and become a better person or that. Like I don't know. There's you know. There's other points where like maybe he's not mm-hmm. the the real villain. He's just you know being led by the wrong whatever. Yeah. Crowd. No. Yeah. Yeah. But no, not at all. He's yeah. yeah. He's a villain. Oh, yeah. He 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 is. Oh yeah. Like slightly
0: before this, like um, there is there is a, another kind of kind of building the romance kind of scene slightly before this kind of big date, like where they arrange. The, the the dinner and like the only reason i want to mention that scene because like it is it's weird it's just it's like a this weird conversation where she's like tending her bees and he's standing at <laughs> like her house and it feels like the scene wasn't filmed together it just like yeah. cuts <laughs> back and forth and like the conversation just doesn't match up at all um, that's the only reason to mention that like in terms of like there's nothing interesting that happens in the scene basically they just arrange a date and they get some more information of like who this character is or whatever but um yeah it's just it's just a weird this is a weird yeah. scene
1: it, it starts because she says that well you're fixing my porch i need to give you some or i need to pay you in yeah. some way come over for dinner later
0: yeah and and also like again slightly before the big date, there is a couple of things that, that do happen uh, plot-wise. So, like Segal, um, he reveals his cover uh, to to Harry Dean Stanton, and, uh, and then because yeah, well, because yeah. Harry Dean Stanton
1: also reveals that he's the one who, who wrote sent the letter at the start of the movie. Yes,
2: yes. Which they, I feel like they didn't really do a good job of telling us there was a letter. Like, I didn't even know. No, I letter. did Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, they they really they really don't like um yeah because i i was just, <laughs> i've seen this movie a few times and like again i was like letter yeah I, all right is that what they were talking about like the agents and the flashbacks like oh. okay yeah <laughs> there, was a, there was a there was a letter okay
1: yeah for sure um so uh <sighs> And um, because Harry Dean Stanton that that's when is that when he gets out of the truck and then Hatch and Sim Yes, are...
0: Hatch and Sim who are like our main we, we also what has become a running theme that I hadn't really noticed before, like doing this series and like rewatching, is like so many of the henchmen in these movies are like relatively unthreatening looking middle aged guys who have obviously yeah. been a henchman <laughs> for about twenty to thirty years. <laughs> like... <laughs> like this is not the the first
2: flush of their henchdom youth you know no. there's, there's just not a great pool of henchmen in jackson <laughs> yeah <laughs> just out of work miners. yeah for fair days, for it is and um
0: yes this is where it's kind of like the kind of joke about like oh is, is that your boyfriend dropping you off kind of thing is, is made
1: yeah And then they're about to beat him up, is all you know. Are they going to do something to him?
0: Oh, yeah, they're just kind of menacing him at that point. And um, you you assume that he's going to beat him up. But, like, um, yeah, it cuts away. And then it cuts away to the um the big date after that also like in between all this there's a little bit more from from oren senior where oren jr has been like oh this guy you know after the lumberjack fighting that he's like oh this guy's been giving us more trouble and again like kyle you would have grown up to be a douchebag if your dad was saying lines <laughs> like this to you i mean you couldn't take out a cheeseburger from a uh... drive through
2: window it's a
0: great line. <laughs> it is a great line. That's why I had to write it down. I was like, "Jesus, this guy really hates his son."
2: Yeah, and his son hasn't been doing that bad a job.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, up until up until Jack Taggart swaggered into town. It seems like the cover up has been, you know, going well. Yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. So, and um, yeah. Then, like we said, uh, the, the kind of the the big date happens. Stephen Lang is introduced and um yeah he's yeah he's kind of he, yeah he's kind of a sch- schizophrenic kind of weird passive aggressive delivery to to all his all his dialogue and he's clearly he's not established as being evil in this scene but he is clearly established as somebody who has been gaslighting his sister for many years
1: yeah And we get that uh, like right uh, after
2: Segal leaves too, basically. Where he
0: aggressively eats some of her pecan pie.
1: (laughs) And that's what I don't okay. Well, that it's gonna be a major spoil, so I'll wait until we get to that point. But the way they interact with each other doesn't in this scene suggest something, but doesn't suggest the history that they have with one another. I guess.
2: Well, and it does kind of seem like if that were the case, Lang would be even more he would be less passive aggressive and probably just be outright aggressive to Seagal, you know. Yeah,
1: he'd be way more controlling I think of her. Yeah. Or some I don't know. For, but for that sure. kind of logic just <laughs> isn't going <laughs> to be brought to bear on this movie.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Character development, that's not a
1: thing. No,
0: but anyway, on to more action. Um, yes also like we get a classic seagal move as in the kind of doctor surgery like he just <laughs> shouts at the people like you know what's happening here
1: oh yeah so harry dean stanton he finds harry dean stanton right who is apparently beaten within an inch of his life even though he only has like a little bit of a bloody nose and <laughs> something yeah a but... few
0: scratches on his face but yes yeah, you know like he yeah. they had found him any later could have died but yeah. Even though the beating doesn't look that but yeah, dude.
1: He continues yeah, him in. He brings him in, says this, and then the cops come and then are like, Oh, you're the one who did it. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it this show, Sicall is the worst undercover agent because he blows his cover instantly. And it's not even that far into the movie of saying, Well, you know who I am. Or I know who you are and you know who I am. And I can arrest you just as easily. To which then he beats all the cops as an EP agent and then shoves a gun in one of the cops' mouths.
2: Mm. And, and then he has that weird, like, proc- proctological yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll br- thing.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. I'll, I'll I can have
2: 300
0: it, agents uh, yeah. come upon this hick town and, like, search every, or uh, be up in every orifice, and then you can pick out your favorite proctologist to cure whatever hole hurts the most is something akin to what the line is.
1: Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Which, so since this cover is blown, it kind of changes the dynamics of the movie. Oh, yeah, wow. which leads you. To- <laughs> no, 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 I'm not
0: going to go down yeah. this rabbit hole because it does lead to the, the <laughs> inevitable question of why he was undercover in the
2: first place.
0: <laughs> yes,
2: <laughs> which we can only assume was answered in like whatever footage is on the cutting room floor. Yeah.
1: Yes, uh, yeah. maybe in the the original. It's the original draft thing. Maybe it wasn't EPA initially. I don't know. Yeah,
2: yeah but don't it would know. have
1: to be. Obviously. Yeah. I mean,
2: obviously an EPA agent in a more, I'm sure in the original thing, the guy, the more dramatic one, you know, it's less of a detective story, less yeah. of a badass.
0: Yeah, so like from my understanding of the little bit of background research I did into this movie, yes, it's more of a dramatic film. There's less action sequences and it's more like proper kind of detective work It's more of a kind of mystery, you know, of like gathering uh, evidence and, and stuff like that. So there's less kind of like beating everybody up and, and stuff like that, and more kind of like trying to. I think it's it sounds like it's more like a kind of conspiracy thriller.
1: Because I mean, during the 90s, there were a lot, not even including the Seagull ones, but you have the Val Kilmer Thunderheart with um, about the reservation. There was a lot of kind of more environmentally based drama action thriller i know that there was the one with travolta and um the water poison i don't or was that 90 uh, oh yeah i don't know when that was yeah i'm not sure but it seems like Um, there was a lot of movies that involved poisoning of water around that time i mean
2: yeah i think what seagal noticed was there was a lot of environmental films but not enough ass kicking
1: yeah (laughs) in those films he should have had a fight with the the poisonous water that would have been yes, <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> or just him kicking up in those barrels of toxic waste
0: oh no we'll get to the barrels. let's not spoil that that's so fun that's we'll like get yeah to the barrels like- of
1: toxic waste later <laughs> <laughs> oh dear so after after going back to this movie after yeah. um he his identity is revealed then sarah is upset and calls a betrayal because he was mm-hmm. you know as undercover yeah but because of his undercover that... acting skills yeah <laughs> <And> <laughs> he says that he did want to fix her porch and he did want to learn about her which adds that romance bit <laughs> to it but she's still a little upset and has to leave
0: yeah he, he, she feels betrayed for all of two seconds like she's back on site like two scenes later
1: yeah and that's when the um the preacher doesn't he kind of join on and say okay i will be a witness as well now uh yeah. no 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 before that later that's later well i mean
0: it's very soon but uh, before before we get to get to that i think like um i've written in my notes more fun with er, or senior so i i think that was where he's playing <laughs> golf in the casino while also sleazing on a woman and drinking champagne again just just being a dick um i mean like the the like Basically, his son is the hole for the golf. Like, he's got, like, his feet yeah. splayed, and then he, like, throws money at him and says, that's your alliance. Like, again, Kyle, like, yeah. you know, like you're
1: not, I mean, I... not
2: going to grow up to be a good person. Yeah, you're right. I, I internalized all this trauma. I don't even remember this scene.
1: Yeah. <laughs> everything with Oren Sr. is, like, just washed over me. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Okay. Yes. okay. It's you know, supposed- like, he was in it. He is
2: close to home.
1: Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, he's.
0: <laughs> I think he's like, yeah, he, he's kind of entertainingly just like he's so douchey. Like he's such a, like he's, you know, he, I suppose he's that kind of typical kind of rich douchebag in a movie kind
1: of character. But
0: yeah, I, I think he stood out for me more. Um, and maybe
1: I was less traumatized. <laughs> Um, I but know, we, if my father ever listens to this he is a very supportive okay. parent we all have good dads on, on this podcast we all have good dads we just want to reassure all the listeners
0: it's all good um, all right well kyle hasn't actually confirmed that yet. kyle
2: no he is pretty supportive
0: oh cool 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 we do all have good dads on this podcast it's yeah. all good there's no trauma here um but no we can't skip to the reverend testifying because we we've we will we'll then jump over like where the budget of this movie went like um which is obviously on the big truck chase
1: oh yeah oh yeah that's why <laughs> I, I,
0: I... this memorable memorable
1: action scene that my co host have just remembered <laughs> it's done pretty well no, no it's i remember it i just again like i was saying the any of the romance yeah. stuff Okay. And like all kind of again jumbles together. So it's yeah, like I remember no, I the actions, actions. Yeah. But no, the car chase is actually decent. I know. <laughs> There's some points where like you're wondering how a a semi can be or whatever it is it's a giant truck it's a can, giant can truck, yeah. be maneuvering the way it is, especially like flying into a cornfield and then somehow be able to get right back on the road so easily. But
2: and how his old. Uh, truck can outrun it because I just assume yeah.
1: that truck can't
2: go that fast.
1: Yeah, but again, logic, and I guess <laughs> we're just, yeah, we're just not gonna cut yeah. that out.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it, it is it is fun how it ends where Seagal gets out his pickup and plays chicken with this massive lorry, and then gets out of the way at the last second. Yeah, and then the it truck falls down a cliff. The yeah, which is uh and then they obviously really liked that shot because, like, you really get a lot of that falling down, falling down the cliff, and and the bursting of flames like so. I feel like a lot of the budget went on that scene.
1: Yeah. So yeah, you need to get at least enough footage of it if you're going to if that's your money shot. Sure, but um, you mentioned like I have
0: just realized, like looking at my notes, um, slightly further on it says, uh, Orange Senior golf swings to phone, uh, phone. So I can't remember why I wrote More Fun with Orange Senior uh, previously (laughs) uh, before the chuck chase. Um, so 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 there you go, but um, as you mentioned, Craig, uh, the Reverend says that he is going to he has a change of heart uh, and he is going to testify, but Kyle. Why does he have a change of heart?
2: Oh uh, yes, because he realizes that he can't like save the souls of his, per- uh, you know, his people if they're dead. <laughs> it's the best reasoning ever.
0: But we should also mention that mirroring um, on deadly ground. Uh, what changes his heart is the sermon that Segal gives oh, yeah. at the church.
1: Which is yeah. very,
2: yeah, it was just like, feels like a, an abridged version of On Deadly Grounds ending speech.
1: Yeah, because they, even though town folk, they all know something happened to him, maybe, but he storms up to the yeah, the podium during. And you can tell he's been day, through so a,
2: an intense truck chase because he has one tiny little scratch <laughs> at the top yeah. of
0: his head. <laughs> it's, what's great about this scene is also that just everybody accepts it like he just yes. w- walks into the church says i've got something to say and then you know if, if you don't mind and then apparently nobody does mind and then he just says please be seated everybody gets seated it's just
1: like <laughs> nobody questions it nobody's like yeah. what yeah. well i at after this point to the town kind of with the exception of the the henchman the town kind of accepts him officially i feel like they're they're less likely yeah, sure. to yeah he's now one of the people seagal has always been always yeah he, okay. he has always been a man man of the people
0: yeah so uh and then he just uh, like it's again it's one of those things much like the on deadly ground speech he makes some like good points but does it in such a kind of hammy and ridiculous way that you know you wouldn't actually listen to it but like he actually in there is the nub of a point about the way rich corporations pay off poor people to look the other way nope okay (laughs) (laughs) like it's just i feel like it's like it's misjudged but like there is somewhere in there there is there is a good point it's just because it's
1: Segal, it's just yeah it's done in the, I mean he's
2: stupid. always lacking yeah. the subtlety to like yeah you know.
1: <laughs> the movie already gives us that point it's just he oh, no he really sure hammers himself. it home with this the, the yeah. this, this speech but like he you know
0: that's Segal for you you know like uh, yeah. why make your why make your point in any sort of subtle and nuanced way when you can sledgehammer it down your throat
2: i was gonna say when you can throw a guy through a window (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) when you can throw the point through a window that's that's
2: what yeah anyway uh
0: uh, after that like yeah the kind of the the towns on side and stuff like that and then we get some some classic seagal
1: ego stroke as we head to the big dance yep and it kind of jumps back and forth between well not very really. Right before the big dance, we see that the preacher is in the church and somebody is entering, but we don't know who. That's right. And then we, yeah, then we get to the big old dance where we get to see why Segal earned that Razzie nomination <laughs> for a relationship,
0: best relationship. Seagal and his guitar. This is like so. This is another uh, cameo from uh, another country music star, uh, Marty. Stuart and yes so it's it's actually quite a funny scene like just because there's this old guy playing guitar who then downs half a bottle of Jim Beam not advisable listener not advisable uh, uh, and then just <laughs> falls off his stool and uh, Seagal kind of sweeps in uh, to save the day with some of his great blues grass picking uh. <laughs> just when i thought... suppose that's the appropriate reaction Cal, yes. Yes.
2: <laughs> just when you thought jack taggart might have limina- l- limitations he doesn't
0: oh uh, no he can do it all and then we should have mentioned because like i i don't know like i feel like craig is just blanked Orin senior out of the movie um so <laughs> no, i like, know he's, he, no, he
1: shows up <laughs> yeah he shows up in this part to f- officially meet kind of seagal and can, that's when they get to meet go face to face but first off seagal has to teach Orin jr lesson i know because he's as seagal's pl- picking on the all oh, the six string he um Orin jr is you know trying to sleep aggressive Sarah. with yeah to which then seagal makes him apologize by twisting his arm and doing all this which oran Senior just accepts and kind of has a smile on what I love about okay. this
0: scene, though, is <laughs> like Segal. He um he turns round to Orange Junior, and he he basically says, "Oh, you know, kind of uh, talk to you know talking to the to a woman like that. Like normally, the partner would uh, you know that's he basically says like that that would get you an ass whipping, you know." But I don't think it's an think insult
1: it's... to the man she's with, or something. Yeah, like
0: exactly. It's an insult to the man he's with, but it's not worth it. But then, yeah. <laughs> Orrin Junior makes a really childish comment about like, oh, government agent man coming to take out the trash, and then all of a sudden, so the the offense of like sleazing on his woman, that that's not worth it. But this kind of childish jibe is what makes it worth it. And then he twists his arm and forces uh, Orange Junior to apologize to Sarah. I mean that's
2: his yeah. textbook cigar right there. It really is. I think it's what makes that, it seem
0: quite fun. Yeah.
1: And that's when we get the the first meeting of the big the big brute guy who oh, yeah. again we think is going to pose a huge threat to Seagal later on. We'll find out, but we know the answer. Um, but,
0: I mean, well, you've seen yeah. a Seagal movie before, right? Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, then, that, like he, uh, he he insultingly refers to that guy in that later scene as Pimple, and he is credited as Pimple.
1: Um, oh, <laughs> there but then one of Oren Sr.'s men come up and say that he wants to meet with Seagal to see them meet it out and kind of that he wants to pay him off but Seagal doesn't get paid off because you can't pay off blood and or whatever the phrase is that his buddy his best friend was killed basically
0: yes he basically says if he can bring his best friend back to life and take all of the toxic waste and poison out the water that is in the water then he would, um, yeah, then he would back off. And not only would he back off, he would be impressed. And you can tell by the way he delivers that line that Jack Taggart is a man who's not easily impressed. Um, And then, yeah. And then after that, we get uh, the follow up to the, the scene uh, with the, the Reverend. the little cut to the to the Reverend, as now
1: the the church is on fire. And yeah, no. And what is it? So Earl Stephen Lang, he is saying he knows, or something crazy must have happened. He can't believe these guys are doing it. And he's he's really, you know, acting distressed. But we know that something's up, and he's involved somehow. And he knows where these guys are at and he can show Seagal all the evidence because he's not going to be working with them anymore. But then also we're asked what happened to the preacher and nobody knows except we hear, I think, a scream at one point. Kind of. Mm. So we know the preachers in there burning alive, but nobody is like trying to get them out.
0: You can just imagine him in the background of the scene being like, <laughs> please, please help me. Like, why? You're just having a conversation. I'm here. I'm here. I can see you. Like, honestly, like I'm near the door. Like if you just like somebody, nobody <laughs> Yeah. So Errol is um he he's he's now turned face. He's like, uh, he's helping Seagal out now. Or is he? As in the very <laughs> next scene with Sarah, it turns out he's evil. Surprise. <laughs> Were you shocked uh, by this, Kyle? That it turned out
2: Steven <laughs> Lang was evil? I was. I was shocked by how on the nose and expository <laughs> it was. <laughs> yes, oh, good.
1: And it. not only that,
0: not only that, it really shows that he's evil because he sets the bees
1: on fire, not the bees. Son of a. Bitch. I know that was the the worst. I felt I was like, oh man, those poor bees just sitting there burning up i guess mean you didn't care about harry dean stanton being beaten up you didn't care
0: about the reverend burning (laughs) to death
1: you don't care about any of the henchmen who
0: have had their faces smashed in but those bees man really broke your heart
2: typical craig
1: (laughs) he's all about the bees not craig yeah well, they do pollinate the world, you know, we yeah, need no, bees. A <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fair point. Since we are, re- we are talking about an environmental movie, it's a fair point, Greg. Uh, well done. Yeah. <laughs> but we kind of get that Earl, so Earl is the one that, do we find, does he admit it about their dad? Or is it not until Seagal, Seagal lays it? it out later? I know he does. No, later, we get that,
2: but... Yeah, we get the idea that
1: that. Yeah, we we can't we can't get
0: the the idea, but then, yeah, because there's a kind of inclination of something incestuous in that scene, but then we cut to like uh, Errol and uh, Jack Taggart as they're like investigating
1: the mine, and yes, and he, and he says, yeah, "My dad."
2: Segal lays it all out.
1: <laughs> yeah. But first, he says before they go on the mine, which was probably my favorite part of, what was it, when I asked my daddy where, how or how far you'd have to go down the hill, he said okay. only about a mile and a half or something. Quarter, a quarter, quarter mile. mile. Yeah, a quarter <laughs> says, mile. There
2: we go. He says they have to go a quarter mile down the mine. Yeah, or... there we go. Yeah.
1: Which makes There's me
0: think line. that his dad and um, Vin Diesel should meet up sometime, you know, <laughs>
2: <laughs> quarter mile. Yeah, they will be in, like, Fast and the Furious 10. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, so like literally, like Kyle, t- tell us about this uh, seagal expository scene of like literally. Uh, I've written about this scene. How the fuck would Syndic Gal know all that about
2: and I mean, like, how did he piece that together from the information he had? No idea. So the information, just to recap, because it happens in some scene we didn't really point out, but there's there's a point where like Segal's like at the library. looking looking at all
0: newspapers yeah yeah
2: and he sees that uh she had been accused of killing her father and then was acquitted and blah 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 and that's why she's an outcast uh and that's like all he knows yeah and then he just says like oh so tell me about tell me about your sister it seems like she's kind of you know uncomfortable around men and uh he says like i don't think she got over the murder um or being accused of murder and then Segal's like you know what i think and then lays it all out like that he thinks that Stephen Lang was molesting her, and the father found out about it and was going to do something about it. So he, so Stephen Lang killed the father, but he was an adult, so he gave the gun to his sister and said, "You know, just take the rap for me because you're a minor and it won't be that bad." <laughs> it's very like, yeah, it's uh, it's so involved and complicated, and yeah, it's like, how did you know that? And Segal's just like, "Well, I read the script."
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I know I, mean, I know the outline of the plot, yeah. <laughs> because it's appalachia it has to be something about incest exactly exactly because hillbillies um and then yes
0: uh and then basically uh stephen lang and you know like he's he uh has him at gunpoint and then like a whole bunch of henchmen come on cue uh just out of the woodwork and <laughs> yes. uh, like because that's that's how henchmen work and then we get Yeah, we get an action sequence, lots of uh, gunfire going off, which hits some of the the toxic waste uh, canisters, you know, barrels, I should say. And I think this is one of the things that really really entertained me about the movie. And uh, possibly it sounds like it might have entertained you, Kyle, as well. Oh, yeah. The toxic waste is proper, like... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles glow <laughs> in the dark green, and it's
2: amazing. And it's like acidically burning henchmen and stuff, yeah.
1: too. You feel bad for one of them who's like curled up on the truck and he's just screaming as <laughs> it's pouring on him. <laughs> like, oh
2: yeah, and it also just feels like I mean, it's the coolest part of the movie, especially like I was like, oh man, probably when I saw this as a kid, this was probably the best part, but yeah it does feel like what the who the fuck decided that this should be green who made this call i don't know but i do love it for it
0: yeah i mean because like it is proper like you know like (laughs) like teenage mutant ninja turtles secret of the ooze kind of green it's like us that's amazing it's really it's really fun stuff um and then like yes uh jr blows up the mine which um seagal narrowly escapes of course and um, that's the end of Earl. Earl's uh, buried in the rubbery rubble of the um, of the mine.
1: And he goes and tells. Yeah, Segal goes to Sarah, and she's pretty okay with the fact that her brother has been killed. And because obviously her brother is a horrible Stand person, back. not just yeah, yeah, not just evil, but yeah, horrific of what he's done to her. And she's willing to testify, but for some reason. All the other people that were willing to testify, she's the one that he wants to get in witness protection before anything worse happens to her, which I know they go to meet uh, an agent, potentially, who is played by, isn't it, country singer Randy Travis? Yeah, county,
0: yeah. country singer yeah. Randy Travis, one of the other um, country singer candidates in on the movie.
1: Yeah, but something feels off because he has a six-shooter, but Randy Travis you know, is reassures that, him, well, it's the all... country. Yeah
0: yeah absolutely it, and I, like um seagal gets in this car and like i've written in my notes here's seagal spidey sense tingling
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even randy travis it's the other guy who's sitting in the back seat with her and yeah he just gets some weird sense about it that maybe these aren't actual agents maybe the spidey sense of his should have <laughs> Popped up earlier. (laughs) That's a fair point. (laughs)
2: But we need more action.
1: Yeah. Although I do feel like this is,
0: um, this is probably one of the scenes that was like cut or like Mm -hmm. kind of shortened down because there is a short car chase, but I feel like that was probably like going to be like a longer car chase.
1: Yeah. I actually, I like some of the elements of this where um, I think it, it has some intensity that, you know, some of the other. Fight sequences don't, but where they're going through the diner, yeah, shooting, and then, Mm. I I think, yeah, it works surprisingly well. I'll give it that. And then he shoots through the wall.
0: (laughs) I think, yeah, I think it's one of the pro. Yeah, it's probably, it's one of the best action sequences in the movie. And like you say, it does have like that extra little bit of intensity to it, where like Randy Travis like storms into this diner with uh, Sarah at gunpoint and all the all the diners look properly terrified and and then it's just, it just like act normal act normal and you know like you, you know like they sit down you know as, as Seagal then storms in and it's like well done oh I did feel like it kind of again is like one of those things that kind of shows off Seagal's demigod superpowers because it does feel like he can just maybe see through walls and that's how he accurately shot uh, (laughs) Randy Travis's character Ken Adams
1: yeah through a wall not being able to see him he only saw what the back of Sarah so he knew the proper amount of distance (laughs) that it would be I didn't yeah I didn't even
2: like catch that i don't think like i just saw him shooting through a wall and then i saw randy travis mortally wounded falling down and i didn't put together
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then like the the follow-up bit is like one of the few times that i think like seagal tries to do jokes and it kind of works like in the the scene where the other agent who is like uh, bloodied from the car crash, um, Seagal, like uh, throws a flare at the gas pool that is, uh, is gathered around the crashed car, and the agent guy like then like dives in like slow motion. It's very it's the kind of hilarious slow motion and catches the flare, and uh, and then he kind of he's like ah oh, you know like tell your tell your boss. He kind of, yeah, he's like, he basically suggests that he's going to leave him alive. He says, like, tell your boss, you know, that I'm after him or whatever. And then, and then he's like, no, on second thoughts, I'll tell me myself. And then he shoots the flare uh, or, or part of the flare and it kind of jumps up into the, it jumps into the air and then but then he's like just playing he shoots it again which puts yes. the flare out and then he says <laughs> and then he says no stick around we may have some fun was, yeah actually kind of <laughs> works <So good. laughs> yeah. a, yeah. i thought it was a fun sequence
1: no yeah i, I i'll agree uh going with kind of all of these seagal movies and you know from starting out being the novice one um I will say there's always one, sequ- one action sequence it seems to be yeah you know, within each Seagal movie that is like properly intense and works really well. Not just for the sake of the martial arts, but that it you're like wow this doesn't fit with the rest of it because it's really well done and the editing is really well done. Where I know some of the martial arts scenes, especially in this one, the cutting is kind of like a lot. The cutting is. Ba- has some issues with it yes
0: yeah, so I, I think like as Seagal kind of got less and less mobile they can be less and less arse like <laughs> moving around like they cut around that like so he's just so he's doing less and less movement and uh yeah so it looks they get kind of progressively mm-hmm. choppier um as as his career goes mm-hmm. on i think um because he's yeah he's definitely more mobile in in other earlier movies and i think this is getting to the stage where he's he's getting quite lazy and he's just doing the kind of aikido hand movements but like the kind of more energetic stuff he's just like duh can't be ours. yeah (laughs) So they just it just uh, leads to this really kind of choppy editing style. So even in the kind of like I say, I, I you know like the lumber yard fight was was quite fun. But yeah, it, like um even that was kind of kind of choppy edited, and um the kind of later fight scenes as well. Even though some of the martial arts in it is is quite fun.
1: Yeah. Um So this takes us to the point where Sarah, who he wanted to put under witness protection, he then just takes her back to her house if i remember it's like a really quick scene mm-hmm. that so it just kind of feels like it oh so that was all pointless <laughs> that just happened before but
0: yeah and um that's yeah and then we get like uh the we, yeah the, the kind of investigation kind of wraps up really abruptly there or right where, where suddenly we're kind of in in court and uh, Oren senior is like is getting a fine for dumping toxic waste, which is like amounts to like 50 grand or something. And, yeah. um, and he's like kind of laughing about it, kind of like, oh, I made 300 million dollars last year, and all I have to pay is 50 grand.. <laughs> uh, and then it, there's a converse, uh, confrontation with Segal. Who says he he has quit the EPA and is going to make it his life work uh, to make his life uh, or in senior's life um, a, a misery? And he then he says very menacingly, he is going to bring a new meaning to the word violation, which kind of gave me a shudder down my spine. I was like, <laughs> I, was like I, was, I was I was genuinely unnerved by the way Segal delivered that line. Yeah.
1: But this is kind of when, because he also then goes to, what, his supervisor, his EPA supervisor?
0: Yeah, his bo- boss who, it, it turns out, has been, like, we get in a really short sequence, uh, a kind of really yeah. tossed-off short sequence that um, it turns out, oh, his EPA boss has been in the pocket of uh, Oren Sr. this whole time. And you really think he could have, like maybe not put jack Tagger on this case knowing how dogged and badass he is but anyway that's again trying to apply logic to the the whole proceeding so so we'll move we'll move we'll move back to just the sequence
1: yeah so then he get yeah he's arrested too the um for the for the death of the his best friend who now I don't even remember his name.
0: Frank. His name is <laughs> yeah. His name is Frank. He was very <laughs> dear to, to Jack Taggart's heart. Um yeah. uh, as we said at the start of the episode, at the start of the film, he literally <laughs> says, I appreciate your friendship. Yeah. But in another scene that mirrors on Deadly Ground, and I do want to just for uh, throw out the fun fact that in Spain this movie was released as On Deadly Ground 2, apparently. Um, but in another scene that mirrors uh, on on deadly ground, uh, we get another fight scene in a bar. Uh, Kyle, do you want to take us through that one?
2: Isn't it in the casino? No, or we right get uh,
0: we, no. We get um, before oh, yeah, the casino. Yeah. Okay. Before the casino, he visits uh, Orange right. Junior. We get
2: yeah. We get some of the best music. We get muddy waters <laughs> to lead us into the yeah the Orange Junior's hangout bar where he's hitting a punching bag because i guess yeah you work out in this bar um <laughs> so yeah i was a bit confused yeah. about that as well i was, I was yeah.
0: like what like yeah i mean like, most bars have like pool tables but i've not seen a bar with a
2: punching bag
0: uh, anyway. apparently
2: yeah when you're the local town sleaze you do that um <laughs> but so seagal storms in um to get wanting Orange jr to testify against his dad basically um but fights the pimple guy and the various thugs that are left. Um, And there's that particular moment, I know Craig kind of mentioned it earlier, where one of those guys gets, I think he just gets his head slammed into the pool table, but then he's sitting on the ground missing several teeth. And you (laughs) can kind of tell like they hired a guy who was actually missing some teeth or something, could take his teeth out. Um, And that's also the guy who's like, uh, you're going to have to do more than that like he's already missing like four teeth and he's like <laughs> he's not giving up no um, he's,
0: he's not I think like Sims gets his nose smashed again for like the third time in yeah. this movie
1: and then so yeah Scalp. because he even says oh no he's like oh, it's something yeah I, play. I, I
0: think like I, I think we do get like a little bit more ADR in this scene as well of another guy who's like
2: oh my jaw <laughs> yeah <laughs> But then Seagal takes Orange Junior's boxing gloves because he doesn't want anything to do with Seagal and just starts slapping him in the face with them uh, and just says, you know, you're going to testify and I don't care whether you, you do it to save your ass or you do it because it's the right thing. And he says, yes, sir. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which mirrors the
0: scene in the bar in the, uh, on, on Deadly Ground where he also oh, gives yeah. out an inspirational beating that um, changes, changes a guy's heart
2: you're right although nothing can top mike Starr. no yeah. no
0: no like no, i mean that 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 scene's on a whole
1: different level you know uh, <laughs> that may be one of my most favorite favorite scenes from all of that i've watched for this podcast I'll oh the, the what yeah. does
0: it take to change the essence <laughs> of a man scene oh it's amazing yeah.
1: <laughs> if anything by the end of this season i'll have that and that'll be my key well yeah if anything you'll have the answer what does it yeah. take
2: to change a man craig time, time <laughs> yes yeah, it's time. time it's, it's time yeah. yes he needs time <laughs> <laughs> but this movie's not over
0: no no it's it's it's, it's not no. it's not over because uh, then we they then we head to the casino and i've got to mention that we uh like he is actually he pops up in an earlier scene. Oh, I've just remembered. Like you know, like the 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 thing where like uh, I was talking about the golf thing, and then I was like, oh no, I've written that later. What what was I talking about with more fun with Oren Senior? Uh, that was a scene much earlier on in the movie where he, he's just like sleazily like um, looking at and um, talking about some strippers on stage and um yeah. and the reason i remember this scene is because it's the first time we see ernie lively's character and ernie lively had a brief cameo in hard to kill and he also has a brief cameo here and it like in and the reason i'm mentioning this is because ernie lively uh, turns back up again and uh, Seagal does his classic shtick of like just abusing bouncers and doormen uh, in in various amusing ways.
2: Yes, he does, (laughs) and he also abuses the bouncer doorman and then walks into the place and everyone just lets him walk into. That that's true. I
0: like. I did feel like they were missing a trick here though
2: because like so he
0: yeah he just walks past Ernie Lively and his crew and then he comes across other bouncers. And he's question and, and you know, he's obviously got morals because he's 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 questioned by one bouncer who clearly chickens out immediately. And the guy who chickens out, he doesn't actually beat up, but the guy who's like, oh, you can shove that warren up your ass, he like he beats up that guy and then like two other guys. But like the card game that Orin Sr. is playing um is like the bouncers are in front of like this kind of glass enclosure that the card game's happening that, And I was like, well, he's got to throw them through the glass and then get to Oren <laughs> Sr. at the, pool, the 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 card table. You know, like, every time I watch this movie, I always think, like, "Ah, oh, well, he's got to... And it doesn't happen.
1: Yeah, it's a wasted opportunity. Yeah.
0: But anyway... Yeah. yeah, so he, he beats up those guys. And then what does he do, Craig?
1: Well, he goes, to, because since he has the warrant and everything, he goes to arrest Oren Sr., but Oren Sr., he has a gun, which I guess because he's, you know, rich people don't want to go to jail, so he'd rather take his own life, or he'd rather, I know that, yes, yeah, Segal shoots him in the shoulder, or, well, Taggart shoots him in the shoulder, and then arrests him and takes him into custody.
0: Yes, although, so, like, some of Sigal's kind of dickish uh, rudeness is very funny but again uh this this scene kind of goes in, in, in quite a I, if you think about the scene long enough it goes in quite a dark direction because yeah. like so Orin Orin senior tries to shoot seagal with uh with a gun he's got hidden under the table but then Segal like takes that out of his hand immediately, and then he uh it, like he says to the other guys, the other agents who are with him to arrest Orrin senior, and then Orrin senior pulls out another gun that he has in his <laughs> sleeve, which I feel like he should have pulled out the first time, but let's not question that uh, and <laughs> but, like and while they're they're sitting at the table, um segal is like um. Yeah, and that's when Segal like shoots him in the shoulder. But before that, when they, like he's they're sitting at the table, Seagal is like kind of taunting him by saying like, um, he, like basically, Oren Senior is like, oh well, there's there's no women in prison, and then Segal's like, well, I know this guy Tyrone, he'll 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 fix he'll fix you right up, and then and then after he shoots him, he says like, oh maybe I shot your shoulder because I'm a bad shot or maybe I just really want you to meet Tyrone, which suggests that <laughs> the Zagal is deliberately set, fitting this guy up to be raped in prison, which is
1: real dark. Yeah, pretty dark. <laughs> but it's all brushed off as just fun laugh time. Well, I mean, yeah, same with the idea of, you know, molestation. A lot of that stuff is all just yeah. lost
0: over. <laughs> yeah it's just it's just real glossed over and um yeah
1: like uh, again yeah i suppose you're not
0: supposed to think about it too hard but like if you think about that for a second you're just like wait he's he's deliberately arranging Uh, mm, oh i don't know if i'm (laughs) comfortable with that that doesn't seem like uh yes but you i thought you were like the moral crusader guy doesn't i i'm confused Anyway, moving on, we get the reunion with Sarah, the 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 conclusion to the romance that we're all deeply invested in.
2: Hurrah! Yay!
0: <laughs> Nothing, Craig. You know, like <laughs> you could have even done a fake hurrah, like like you know, yeah. like me and Kyle did, like a kind of ironic, <laughs> like you know. But no, you're so uninvested that you couldn't get ironic about it. He
2: hasn't got a lot of little bees. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> but I like, give a little. So brings plumber. their back more bees too, Craig. Yeah,
1: you gotta oh, be. Oh, that's what that was. That.
2: I didn't know what that was. <laughs> I was like, What are these crates? It's the bees, it's <laughs> replacement bees. I thought it might be the toxic waste or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, I took this
2: out of the environment
1: for you, it's it amazing. should have been. It should have utilized all the honey that he bought, and the, the bees were actually—he was the honey that's never people. referenced again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: but then we get the final, final scene, which I think is the best moment of um Harry Dean Stanton playing the guitar on his nice new porch and then dancing.
1: Oh, it's <laughs> yeah, does real because, fun. Because don't forget, it takes place in Appalachia, so you need good old porch dancing.
2: <laughs> You're right. Well, I like just that Harry Dean swoops in at the end of the movie to just be like, I'm still a good actor, though, and I can play the yeah. guitar.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and his whole character was like, I was an important, I was a crucial part of the plot. Until... Oh, yeah, he sent a letter yeah. that yeah. was heavily discussed
0: before it was mentioned <laughs> yeah. by him in the midpoint
1: in the movie. But then he, got re- he resorted to the what, background of just like giving nods occasionally or stuff like that that's the rest of the movie with him
0: yeah yeah but like like kyle i'm just uh i was amused by the fact that it's like oh how are we going to end this movie oh we're just going to end it with uh harry dean satin tap dancing and then uh, playing a little <laughs> song on the guitar
2: okay cool <laughs> like balance has been restored
0: <laughs> do you want to mirror the start of the, the movie by having uh, a montage of depressing uh, depression era food black and white photos um, um from appalachia running over the credits yeah sure <laughs> sounds like a good idea and that's that's what we get and uh just uh, another country another country song playing over the credits I don't think the, the end credits so I'm not sure that I don't think that's one of the ones co-written by Seagal the, the no it was, I,
2: it was one of the country stars I actually know is John Prine
0: oh okay, okay. oh he's, we forgot to old mention old. in the, the casino scene there, there was a, another country music uh, star cameo a guy called Travis Tritt um, who I'm not aware of his work but um, I thought we'd cover all the country music star cameos that, that are in the movie I, I yeah. that's that stunned everybody into silence. Uh, Mr. Travis Tritt, well done for stunning everybody into silence. <laughs> um, let's let's uh quickly cut to uh best and worst. Uh, we'll go
1: with uh Craig first. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> um, so the best in terms of I'll say that kind of shootout scene, I will talk about that with Randy Travis, and then also. I don't know. I actually think that there were moments with like Stephen Lang that I wanted to see more of him. I would have, I don't know if his, the character worked, you know, as normal characters do, I think, you know, it could have been a good arc. <laughs> but mm. So yeah, those are my positives. My negative, I guess, are just kind of the stereotype Appalachia stuff. It just kind of got grueling for what, I don't know, bogged down and everything. <laughs> I just wanted to get to the action with these with this movie for some reason. <laughs> and yeah. Kyle, uh, my favorite part is to go off that shooting scene,
2: specifically just shooting that flare out of the guy's hand and then shooting the flare out in midair was, yeah, the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there should have been more Harry Dean Stanton, uh, but probably yeah. the I think the thing I the thing I was thinking as it was coming to an end was they should have just combined the uh Christopherson and his son and just had one villain yeah and it would have saved a little bit of time in the movie and like made a little bit more sense
0: yeah I, I I think so I suppose for me like uh I think my favorite part is actually the same as your, your yours Kyle the the, the shooting and the flare and then shouldn't uh, shouldn't uh, the flare out I think that was that was really fun if I was to pick another moment I did like the um I did quite enjoy the the lumber the lumberjack f- uh, lumberyard fight um, just just because of the the, the snarkiness of like Seagal when he's like he gets a chip in the wood and he just then punches that guy out and then the just the the EDR thing of like I've never been hit so hard in my life um, like that, that... <laughs> really amused me I suppose. Like for a film that has obviously had like big edits and big edits in like some of its action sequences, there is uh, like, yeah, there is a probably a bit too much kind of in the way of padding of just like scenes that are just like, yeah, this this is here. Um, We're doing, we're doing kind of romance now or we're doing kind of heavy exposition. Um, uh, Yeah but I overall like I do I, I think this, like it's not a good movie but I have a soft spot for it I I think it's kind of fun like in, in a very kind of cheat you know it's it's a it's a total cornball movie like it's it's possibly um in like Segal is clearly trying to soften his image a little and it's like it's it's done in this kind of really cheesy style but um I think that makes it Quite quite funny, but like you like you say, like the kind of heavy stereotyping of like uh, kind of hillbilly folk it gets kind of like ups, you know, absurd um, the levels it goes to. Um, but yeah, that's that's uh, that's my kind of. Has anybody got any uh, kind of uh, final final thoughts? Like, so would you would you uh, rank this? Where would you rank this, Craig, in, in terms of of the ones you saw? So you, you've uh, joined us for On Deadly Ground and and uh, Undeceived 2, The Glimmer Man, and now this.
1: I would actually, I don't know if it was just since it's been, I've been watching these now kind of back to back. or Well, not, but, you know, each week, but yeah. I'd almost say that I'd rank it, it. It's like that and Glimmer Man are kind of neck and neck for being for taking that last spot it depends because there's certain out el- Limberman is so schizophrenic but brian cox and it is you know hammy enough that it has that kind of fun element to it so i think it might get a notch down but yeah they're neck and neck
0: oh okay so you place
1: this i'd place this at the butt bo-
0: because i think coming you, in you place this at the bottom right because well, yes. i was confused because i was I, I was thinking like I thought, no. you were, I thought you were saying you you'd place this at the top I thought you were no, no, no I was because no. <laughs> I was like, I was like, "Wait, wait you think the Glimmer Man is better than Under Siege too?" Like, no, I, uh, I, I, was, uh, right.
1: okay, uh, I was confused. Uh, Sorry, my bad. Yeah, On Deadly Ground for me is takes <laughs> the top spot oh, just because God. of I think coming into it not really having the full awareness of um, Seagal movies, you know, having seen the original Under Siege and stuff like that, but coming into it with that. Mm-hmm. Of just having it so ridiculous was um and Laugh Out Loud kind of funny. Yeah. Unintentionally was I think is why it takes a top spot. If I was to rewatch them again, Under Siege 2 is definitely way better. But for well, Under Siege 2, yeah.
0: Of the four, Under Siege yeah. 2 is the best made film. I would argue that this is the yeah. second best made film of the four. Um, but uh yeah. I mean But this no. one
1: lacked uh this lacked um Seagal being talked about by other people about how amazing he is there was no like secret identity thing I felt like unless yeah it does it.
0: it does miss the kind of dossier <laughs> kind of uh background dump um you know like, there is <laughs> one brief scene where Oren senior kind of says like oh I had is my men kind of look into him and um but the, it's it's not done to the full glorious extent that is done in in the other movies, the you know like the classic Casey fucking Ryback scene in Under Siege Two, or like yeah. basically all of On Deadly Ground, where it's yeah. mentioned like in every like second scene. Yeah, <laughs> but that's our thoughts on uh, Fire down below. Yeah, you can write in with with your thoughts. Tell us tell us what you think we got right, what you think we we got wrong. Uh Yeah, just um and also. Rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify basically, wherever you, you stick your podcasts into your ear holes. Um, but then that is all for this episode. It just leaves me to thank once again my co host Craig Draheim. Thank you for having me and Kyle hints Great to be here. And that's it. Please do join us again next time when we will be covering the final episode in our Seagal season. Yes, we'll be looking at the film that most people think is one of Seagal's most boring films. Super exciting. It's 1998's The Patriot. Uh, So join us for that one.